to get my 2000th lift ride you're about to give your 2000th mm-hmm. whoa Night has fallen on the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas, and indeed on Austin, Texas itself. East Austin, Central Austin, Georgetown, not really Austin, Uh, (laughs) Coronado Hills, is there a Coronado Hills? Yeah, I think so. University Plaza? Sure. (laughs) Uh, West Krampus? West Campus, or better known as West Krampus. Uh, All those places. The limestone on the road cuts along the highway has turned from yellow to pink to the bone white of the moon. And that means it's time once again for One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. This being episode 192. 82. 182. I got two out of the three numbers correct. 182 on the road to 200 folks let us we'll just go ahead and assume we're not having kevin alondra on for the 200th episode anything can happen Look, john cotter has reached out several times he's promoting his new book he wants to come on the show we need to get him on there been too long since we had a guest yes but we've been so full of important things to tell you the uh hunter-gatherers, the <laughs> the metal, uh, Bronze Era, Bronze Era fans. We've got to be moving into the Bronze Era, right? Surely. From the, of the uh, One Magical Hour, One Magical Nation, that's what we call you. We've had so much exciting, so many exciting things to tell you that we haven't needed any guests. It was the point of a long <laughs> and very wayward thought, collection of thoughts. Where were we? Excited to bring you tonight's episode. You know what we need to do first, though. We have to say hello to the Martinique Mystiqueur and the Bozambique Magnifiqueur, the pride of Tarzana, California. He has mandibles like the Predator. He's Matthew. This is how we podcast. It's Saturday night, and I feel all right. The party's here on the east side. I put the robot in the backpack, and I zip it up. Designated JV, take the keys to my truck. Talk the cast like I'm faded. Honey's in the street, say, Shafee, yo, we made it. It feels so good in Shafee's hood tonight. You know, Montel Jordan. Why didn't Montel Jordan have a gang of other hits? I was going to get Usher. Is yes, my yes, question. Usher. No, it's Montel Jordan who, I mean, maybe there's some other Montel Jordan hits, but that's definitely his, 
his biggest track. I thought maybe you were seven o'clock on the dot. Well, you know, I like to parody Ursher, but um, Um, tonight. And uh, I was surprised that uh, that even came across my radar, but it did. I love that song. Hey, Chafee, here we are in in the Casa on the settee. Have we ever parodied that Drake song, Seven O'Clock on the Dot? I haven't done any Drake parodies. 5.30 p.m. on the dot. I'm with my mic. I've only gotten into Drake I'm with my podcast, Cast Hob. Okay. You know, for for the vast majority of the intros of this show, you do your intro part, and I have always been very careful not to make any sounds during that part. And just recently, I made like one sound, and then this time, we were almost already. But I want to go back to like that's your part. I you, I need to be quiet until <laughs> until you're done. You don't interrupt me during my parody. I so. just created that completely. You know why? Because I think I need all the help I can get mm. when I'm just trying to remember. Okay. Generally, I think <laughs> that cliches. I'm in the mood. Partially because my life is like such a chaotic mess right now that I think that we can really start to and because I change the format of the cast here and there. As you know, I always, I try to always do it off the page, you know, straight off the dome. Uh, straight off the dome. Yeah, and I found myself like even though I was saying it, I was like, "Don't do this." I did that weird thing where night falls on the hill country, and then on us, and like, why nobody situate? Why do I? geographically situate myself that way. Maybe I'm thinking of Dr. Hall up there. Well, and, and you, um, you've been working today. I I caught you like at the end of a a work day, really. And I've been kind of futzing around getting ready for, I'm going to the comedy mothership after this. We're, we're squeezing in a cast here on a Saturday, early evening. The bar this morning and then drove. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's yeah, a lot a scattered. So that's true. But, but, you know, when this is done, it's just like, rest well, sweet prince. Mm. You can start to doze. No, this, you when can this do your is first done, I drive you to the mothership, and then I go back to the bar. But, oh, is that right? That's yeah. what you're going to do? <laughs> yeah. oh, gee, I'm sorry to hear that. Shoot. Okay, well, I, 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 was, means, I was prepared to walk to the mothership, so I'm glad that you can at least give me a means, Dad, that. if you're listening, I'm bringing laundry with me tomorrow when I come visit you. Okay, I don't. This is not gonna. This is not live. <laughs> I don't know if you know how so, this works, but this will probably take me until Wednesday <laughs> at best. I do know. It's how about it works. a week off, so I do know how it works. I really enjoyed uh, uh, Dr. Grant Hall getting at us uh, about us talking about him, <laughs> essentially, in the last episode <laughs> and his his erstwhile. Device and Pokemon Go addiction, and the code and the code of Mundi continues to eat his tail. No, yeah, what, the, is that? what does that mean? Uh, well, code of Mundi is like a Central American raccoon with a long tail. Oh, okay. Um, and, and he eats his tail like a symbol of how time is. Really, it's supposed to be the servant eating its tail. I see. I right. see code of Mundi because I okay. know my dad's a big fan of code of Mundi. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Um. It's like a friend of Quetzalcoatl, right? A friend of a friend of the Cody Moon. Uh, that the conversation about Dad playing Pokemon out on mountain pasture had me laughing so hard. It's just funny. Trying it's to, a funny. Imagine uh, him holding up yeah. that iPhone and like tapping. It on would it. make a really good skit too. You're like, gotta catch them all. We could do some some sketch comedy. <laughs> do a little video. We'll make that happen. 
be funny. He's a, he's he seems like he'd be game for it too. Like, he has suggested like, yeah. that we come yeah, up on a number funny. of occasions. I'm off dying now, so. to go back there. Yes. So we got to do it. Okay. Shoot. This time we, we really got to prepare ourselves to record the podcast from there. Yes. Which just tonight I opened up, I've been just recording our garage band and it, and it wasn't what, so anyway, anyway, I'm back, back on Riverside here, riverside.fm. <laughs> thumbs down but we'll see how it does yeah give it a chance okay yeah it yeah, carefully we'll might hear you yeah we're using yeah, a different recording system we're, today we're using a previous recording system we've we've yeah. only been doing garage band for maybe 20 the, episodes or something the needle continues to dance my friend yeah yeah we dropped riverside because it would metaphorically lose, speaking it, it, it's dependent on uh, an internet connection and it was like losing it in my house and then really messing up the recording um so here we are. We got we, we have zero segments. <laughs> we, we are not ready to podcast. Segment number one. Booyah, gosha. Segment number one. I picked you up tonight, and I noticed that in your front yard there is a porta potty. There is a porta potty in my front yard. <laughs> um, the remodel is happening, and what's what I think is funny about that is that. Um, I joke about the porta potty being my office. Yeah, you know, and we'll see a porta potty, and I'll say, "Hey, kids, there's my office. There's Dad's <laughs> office." And uh, there's now you're a, working from home. There's, there's also there's that Portuguese guy Porto Jao that I met on the construction site who <laughs> wants to be an interview uh, late night talk show host, and he's got his little studio set up in the Portajon, so that could be his, you know. Uh. I'm not, I'm a little worried that I'm, I'm maybe putting something in your head that shouldn't be there, okay. but does it not bother you? Why did they drop that thing off situated in the way that they did? It's, uh, yeah, there, I have two kind of smallish oak trees on, on either side of my driveway. Oh, I should have guessed. And the there's word. a, there's a live oak on one side. If you're looking out from the house, there's a live oak on the right and there's a chinkapin oak on the left, which is kind of a. a, a one match nation, which you got to know is it looked like this porta potty was dumped as quickly as possible by a total maniac who then got away from the scene of the crime as quickly as possible. It's, it's situated in the most bizarre possible way on Matthew's property. I, I thought it, I think it's kind of thoughtfully placed because it's at an angle. Okay. And, and it's like, just, I'm sure my neighbor's like, Oh, great. Uh, it's barely on my property line and it's, it is nestled up under the chinkapin oak. Okay. Okay. And I, I thought like, oh, that's going to be nice and shady. And uh, I'll tell you, it's pointed straight at your house, which is nice because that means none of the neighbors can see in there. You mean all the office work and uh, interviewing that <laughs> yeah. might happen? In yeah, there? you don't yeah. want them. You don't want them stealing any of <laughs> your ideas. No, no, that's not my no, idea. It's Porto Jao. No corporate espionage going on. Yeah, there. sure, sure. No, when you're doing your office work. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that yeah, that makes more sense. I should have known that there was a reason for it, but you know, it's just like one of those little things. Chafee, where... have I ever told you everything I've learned that that is written on the inside of the Porto Jean? <laughs> no. Have I ever learned? Have I ever told you about the vast knowledge that I've gained from stuff that's written in yeah. porta potties? Is it? Are they phone numbers for where to have good times? Chafee, that barely scratches the surface 
of the content of nerd, what gets written about all the things you might have learned. What about. gets written inside of those? Should I illuminate it a little bit for okay. the for the listeners yeah, maybe and it, for you? Do it slowly so I can stop you if I get nervous. No, I want you to be nervous. I want the listener to be nervous, and I'm <laughs> I'm going to try to convey this in the most family friendly sense as as I can. It being not particularly family friendly inside there. We have an E. They've been warned. We have an E for explicit. Do you on know? Our, do you, on know our what, you know what's sort of interesting about porta potties? What is that? They're all the same. There, there's different brands, and the plastic might be different colors, and there are slightly different little configurations inside. Makes sense. But generally, it's the same setup. Okay. And when you've got a big construction site, like there's a lot of people using the. The Oracle Cloud Computing Campus, which we did the decks on in, in 2017, 2018, Blue Sky did this. There were, we came onto the site at a time when suddenly everything was ramping up. And suddenly there was maybe like three times as many subcontractors on that site as there previously had been. Yeah. So at, when we first came on it, the porta potty sex the, the, the porta potty section was completely uh, they didn't have enough at all to porta service the number uh, porta potty sex different. is what I thought Porto was section. taking me into that studio for, but really he just wants to interview people. Um, no, it's there's nothing sexy about it, of course, but there there weren't enough, and so. For like a few weeks there, it was like the worst music festival you've ever been to. It was like a complete hellscape. And we talked to our partners at Ryan Construction Companies, fuck those guys, but um, about, hey, there's not enough porta potties on the site for the number of workers. And they're like, okay, yeah. And they got more. But then the placement of them kept having to move around the site. Oh, no. And there, there is this circular drive at that facility uh that's that's like there's a the parking garage is over here and there's this big circle drive for dropping people off and whatever and for a while they had the porta potties lining that circle so it was a great radial display of portos and uh but when you're on a big site like that that's when the discourse really happens inside the porta potties with sharpie you know, ah, so, you know, somebody people. writes something and then there's the comments. It's it's it, the porta potty is a lot like the Internet. It's a place where the human hive mind comes together and, and, and discusses things. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, during this time, of course, there's a lot of political discussion inside of those porta potties. Oh, my God. And there's a lot of discussion about Trump. And, you know, there's the different factions that you might imagine inside that use the porta potty, which is a lot like society. There's the there's the rednecks, I suppose. And then there's the there's the uh, Hispanic population, you know, and then there's the like the others, there's the, 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 the deplorables. Maybe. The, the, the indie rockers, sculptures, and graphic designers. Well, we <laughs> I, we are obviously like a very unusual crew. Like I work for a construction company like where everybody is a musician or an artist or in a band, and we we did jo we joke about how we nobody else 
on the site seems to be talking about foodie stuff. Right? <laughs> like, you, you know, we have these like pretty esoteric conversations. For, <laughs> um, but man, there, you know, so there's the political discussion and then uh, racist racism is a big topic in there. Um, you know, but in, in many directions, it, it's like the, it's a little like the Spider-Man, you know, thing where there's three Spider-Man and they're all pointing at each other, you know, like mm. kind of, that's a little bit what it feels like. And, um, there's a lot of talk about that. Then there's, of course, there's some, there are, is some sexual, uh, explicit content in there. Sometimes somebody will crudely draw the body, a, a body part or body parts mm. and, you know that can that can grow in its um, content because sure. you know you draw like a you know just a torso being penetrated and then and then you know the the whole of penetration can grow and different body parts can grow and change with different viewers and it's really an interactive. It's really an interactive. Say, I was going to say it's a veritable Grey's Anatomy, but Grey's Anatomy, but it's really more of a veritable Times Square there's so much going on in there. I got to tell you. And, and the, where people choose to write or draw something in there is interesting. And, and uh, I, I remember this one. Um, and I think this references some kind of internet meme, but somebody had drawn like a comic strip and it's a, it's a boy walking by a construction site with his mom. And she, the mom is saying, don't look at those concrete guys, Bobby. You know, and and because the mom doesn't want her son to work concrete, that's, that's terrible. You know, and uh, um, yeah, just all the things I've seen. I wish I could. I may write a book someday about everything I've seen in a Porto. I, I should. I maybe I should start. And I've already missed a bunch of opportunities, but maybe I should start cataloging it with my phone. My thing is that I don't like to get my phone out while I'm. In I've there. been trying to compose the content warning in my head for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think if I, I we, and then of course our group did start putting some a little more esoteric stuff on the walls of the porta potty. You want to hear? And then there there are some standard like call this number for yeah. whatever you need. You want to hear my? So and just skip ahead thirty seconds. Hit that thirty seconds ahead button if you don't want to hear an f bomb. You want to hear my all time favorite bathroom graffiti? Sure, it's in the. It's, it, I assume it's still there. I don't know. In the bathroom of the West Alabama Ice House in Houston, Texas. Okay. It said, Rudy is a rampant fist fucker. <laughs> okay. And something about Rudy is a rampant. The, the scansion of that line is. That tickles you? Is, is just coincidentally perfect. And the R's and the way the. The uh, the syllables work. Just it's the, just the flow, the way it flows, and it's a hilarious. <laughs> the and the use of the word rampant as the adjective there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It belies a certain poetry. Uh, whoever wrote it is was an outsider genius. It's hilarious, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for me. Um, I, on this matter. I, I, I do want to tell you that, like, it is a little bit of a hardship using portos, you know, for, for, for the normie on the street. Like, people think, oh, gross. And, and it's gross, but 
you gotta you gotta do it you know you gotta do it and and you sort of become comfortable with it like you learn to hold your breath you know if you're wearing if you're already wearing like a an n95 mask for your job for for osha protection then it's great just to keep it on and or i'll stick i'll bring my shirt up like this and just breathe care and then sometimes sometimes they're you want to hit them when they're freshly clean not too freshly clean because they just sort of spray out the inside of them and then everything's wet mm. you know um but i like it that i've become comfortable with that and when i see them i don't have the negative connotation that i once did i i i have become so comfy with just the port. Yeah, there, there's a there's a great design where the floor is like kind of honeycomb and just open that makes sense that's really good and they're different you see different companies too where you're like oh like you know you know that they don't clean them very well there's this one company called honey bucket which i think is a really twisted and perverse (laughs) like i don't even understand like the wordplay there honey bucket like (laughs) it's it's weird but they always are like pretty nice actually uh it is it is a nice a, a nice turn of phrase Anybody who's ever done, a, if you've done more than a few, you know, big music festivals, you know, like the routine, you know, you're drinking, so, so, you're drinking beer all day. You've, you've just got to do it. And, you know, you just, you just do it. You know, it's just, you know, I haven't been to ACL in a long time, but, but I have been going to party for the parks, which they hold at ACL mm-hmm. in the week between the two festivals. Now they have a system there where it's a big bank of portos and they're hooked up to a septic system and they flush. Oh, wow. They flush. And also like the door doesn't quite go. There's a space under the door. Oh, so you're not, so you're not like trapped in there, you know, that's nice. And, uh, those are, those are really quality. I, I sometimes dream of, uh, down at whitewater. (laughs) This this is just turned into a full section. This is the best topic. Down at whitewater. They have a really good setup where they're like, they're raised somehow, and whitewater. and they also have whitewater amphitheater. You know, uh, they're raised somehow, and I think they have that honeycomb floor you're talking about. But they also have like a full, like hand washing station set up yeah. outside. That's a big breakthrough, you know. Yeah, is the. For sure. uh, those the ones you pump with your feet. Because when we were kids, we didn't get no hand washing. No, there's no hand washing. No. But anyway, I I I may continue to chronicle the 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 knowledge that I gained from the inside of Porto's from just it's just human interaction. It's just people dying to communicate. Just mm-hmm. saying the like, you know, pinche puto, whatever. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. I, I like the I like the discourse. I, I personally have always had a, like little epiphanies when I'm peeing. Like, I, I guess it's just something about letting something out, and I I'll think of something. I'm like, oh, sure. I suddenly have this moment of clarity. I put some stuff together just because I'm I'm letting it out, and and people are that's how people feel. Call them and ep- they epiphanies. They have uh, <laughs> they have sharpies in their like work vest already, and they're just there ready to communicate it's just like this podcast there's nary a difference between the content of this podcast and stuff i read on the porta potty uh that does not surprise me one bit okay we can go on we can move on 
Woo! Was that your was that your one topic tonight? Thank you, you to whoever dropped that to whoever the madman who dropped that porta potty off in your front lawn for giving us maybe the best the best section we've ever recorded. Do we yes. is it still recording? I believe so. Yes. I'm glad to hear it. Yes. Matthew, I what, I think we're sat here. What do you know about mumia or mumia? M-U-M-M-I-A. Does that word mean anything to you? Um, that's a that's a person, right? No. Isn't that a Black Panther? <laughs> Maybe. Go I don't ahead. know. Tell, tell me what you what the meaning of mumia is to you. From about twelve hundred eighty to about seventeen hundred eighty. I was thinking mumia Abu Jamal. Uh okay, go on. M U M M I A. Mumia. Oh, two M's. Okay. Uh-huh. Three M's total. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh-huh. It was fashionable among wealthy Europeans to grind up mummies, particularly from Egypt, mm. to grind them up. And I don't know if it was a paste or maybe a little tea that they made, but they would consume ground up mummy. It was supposed to have very good uh, salubrious effects for your health. Oh, okay. Interesting. It got to the point where they ran out of mummies in Egypt. People running around there, stealing them, grinding them up, and feeding them to rich Europeans. That's wild. So, they found a way to augment their supply. And here's how it had to be done. It had to be a freshly hanged individual. And it had to be a redhead. <laughs> and then there was a complicated thing that you could do to the body that would speed up the mummification process. Oh, what? And then you could grind it up and eat. Wait, but what's the time period? This is 1280 to 1700. Okay, I see. Now, I thought you were going to say 1987. Obviously, a lot about this is very 1987, yeah. A lot about this is very weird. I've, like, part of me is wondering. Like, did they think that Egyptians had a particular, like, relationship with their, with the afterlife? Like, I wonder if there was occult reasons for them being Egyptians. Because then, because, so this all got me th thought about, thinking about redheaded prejudice mm. over the years. Uh-huh. And they thought that, they didn't know why redheads happened, obviously. Uh -huh. It's pretty weird. You know, when all of a sudden a redhead would pop up. Mm. Then we, this, this we get the phrase, beaten like a redheaded stepchild. Okay. Which uh, my friend Malik in ninth grade said, dude, that was the first time I'd ever heard You're that. You're lucky to not have any stepparents. <laughs> Malik once told me that he was going to beat me like a redheaded stepchild. And he said it lovingly. He and, I were good, okay. he and I were good friends. It was very funny. And I'd never heard that expression before. Uh, but... You know, they, they said that the, they often thought that redheads would become vampires. Um, they, th I think it's associated with the like seventh son thing, you know, like the seventh son of a seventh son was destined to become a vampire. But I think also just, if you're having seven kids, the likelihood of one of them ended up, that one of them might end up redheads would be a. Uh, 
would be more likely. And how would you consume this? Mumia? Uh -huh. I don't know. What does it say? I know they ground it up, and I think they kind of mixed it into a paste, maybe. with Beginning my... around the 12th century, when supplies of imported natural bitumen ran short, mumia was misinterpreted as mummy, and the world's meaning... And the word's meaning expanded to a black resinous exudate scraped out from embalmed Egyptian mummies. This began a period of lucrative trade between Egypt and Europe, and supplies substituted rare mumia exudate with entire mummies, either embalmed or desiccated. Um... <laughs> uh... After Egypt banned the shipment of mumia in the 16th century, unscrupulous European apothecaries began to sell fraudulent <clears throat> mumia prepared by embalming and desiccating fresh corpses. Still, I still not. It's it's okay. Referred to mumia, referred to several different preparations in the history of medicine from mineral pitch and powdered human mummies. It originated from the Arabic a type of resinous bitumen found in Western Asia and used curatively in traditional Islamic medicine. It still doesn't say it was a cure-all for many ailments. I'm sure it was just like, you know, dissolve this in water or sp sp spoon it into your cereal. <laughs> so back to redheads. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I remember growing up, I was really upset. I was going to ask you, have you experienced this, this no, prejudice it, towards redheads? No. I always thought it was kind of cool to be a redhead. When I was a kid and we would go across the border into Mexico, the old Mexican woman would touch my hair because it was lucky. Oh. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But I have noticed, I did notice at a young age on TV, every redhead depicted on television would either be uh, kind of a snot-nosed nerd um, or a bully. You know, another the funny secret, I was kind of both of those things at different times uh, is in that my right? life. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I had a lot of pent-up rage when I was a kid. I mean, I've known some redheads that fit maybe a stereotype of <laughs> redheaded people. But you never, you know, the redheads, not, not until David Caruso, no. Who else? David Caruso and Law and Order. Nicole Kidman? No, I don't know. Uh, uh, well, no, the now redheaded women. Redheaded women is a different stereotype. Right, right. They're all either sex crazed or or angry. I think you know. Yeah, I wonder what um, the porta potty wisdom would say about all this. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to keep your eyes open. I, I, I am going to see what the. Uh, now, I, well, the thing I'm interested in... Well, there's about, the web and then the dark web, and you're on the plastic web or something. <laughs> See what the plastic web has to web. say. Yeah, okay. The porta web. Um, the thing I'm interested in, which has some basis in maybe science or pseudoscience, um, is that redheads experience pain differently. Yes. Okay, what do you know about that? I know that I have a... Almost bizarrely high tolerance for pain. I see, yeah. Uh, you know, another person I know is James Forrest, who has an incredibly high tolerance for pain. My uh, my stepmother, Patsy, Dr. Hall's wife, uh, did like a whole, she got a shoulder surgery or something. 
that she did not react well to the pain meds. And the doctor was like, well, you know, you're Scandinavian. You know, people with that light complexion have a high pain tolerance. Maybe you can pull it out. And she did it. She just recovered from shoulder surgery without any pain meds. I I am not cut from that cloth. Very <laughs> <laughs> low pain threshold. Um, that's that is interesting, Shafi. I had never heard of Mumia. I'm actually gonna want to read more about this. And we may have to talk about this again. Uh, shout out to PJ Vote and the Search Engine Podcast. They they did a really interesting episode this week on on cannibalism. Oh, and um, Mumia came up on that. I see. I see. That's interesting. Well, it's funny because the thing that I want to talk to you about is is similarly like from has its roots in kind of ancient the ancient world. Shafi, th- this this might be a little bit of a yow something. Yo, word shop. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I, love wait. A good I mean, excuse me. We this got rebranded ages ago. Widom Wittis. But this would be a Wissis How does it hit us? The Widom Wittis. I'm sorry. What oh, no, yes, sir. Yeah. Obviously, Matthew, have you ever wondered? This is a Schaefer, uh, have you ever No, wondered? no. This is a, this is a Widom Wittis. This is a word that I came across. Widom Wittis. Uh, just recently. And the word is Acrasia. Acrasia. Have you ever heard of this word? Could you spell it for me? A K R A S I A. A K. Uh huh. So. I would pronounce that acrasia, I think. Oh, okay. Maybe it's acrasia. Acra- is that some sort of. Right. I know aphasia is forgetting words. Obviously, we all know what aphasia is on this. What podcast. did I. How was I pronouncing it? Acrasia? acrasia? What, what, is, what is wrong with me? Well, I don't know. You could be no, right. No, you're right. Acrasia sounds right. Or accuracy. Anglicized as accuracy. Um, so, is it a disease? It is not a disease, but it does. Be, it's a like a Greek word, meaning lacking command or weakness. Okay, mm. and I came across this word. Let me let me pull up this other uh, this other page. I came across this word because I'm reading a book called The Personal MBA, which oh, is a, yeah, which is a book that's all about. You don't need to go to business school. You can learn everything you need to know about business, like with this reference book. So I'm working my way through this book. And the the, um, the chapter here is working with yourself. And I want to I want to read something here from Josh Kaufman's book, The Personal MBA, because this is how it's breaking it down. Acrasia is the experience of knowing an action would be in your best interest, but you don't do it. Acrasia. <laughs> Acrasia is one of the most widespread. Are you coming coming at me, Matthew? No, I'm not. I am absolutely not. I think every. No, that's you (laughs) taking it as personal is fine because this is a universal experience. And I think that our podcast at its core is about universal experience, which is what poetry is about. It's what art is about. We, we find what Sheryl Crow is about. Yes, you find this solace in the words and, and, and rhythms of Sheryl Crow because you, it makes you feel not alone. The pocket co- community, communication, comfort is about not being alone. And acrasia is something that we all deal with. And, and whatever level you are at on, I hear like, you, you know what I mean? 
Um, I was 60% joking, 40% serious. <laughs> we've all had that this feeling. Acrasia and procrastination are related, but they're not the same thing. Procrastination occurs when you've decided to complete a task, but you keep putting it off until later without consciously deciding to do it later. If you have to answer email on your to-do list, but you browse the internet for hours while answering an email, that's procrastination. Acrasia is a deeper issue. It's a feeling that you should do something without necessarily deciding to do it. The should feeling doesn't lead to decision or action, even if the action seems to be in your best interest. So... I struggle with this all the time, mm. especially with business stuff. You, you know, what's one thing is the the marketing aspect of what I'm doing and the tedium of taking the pictures. I like I like taking the pictures of a completed project or a piece of work that we're doing that I want to put on our Instagram. Mm -hmm. I essentially only use Instagram for work. I've got the blue sky Instagram and the pink dirt Instagram now. And you know, it's there's a lot of tedium with it. Take over the one magical orange. <laughs> maybe there's the there's the there's the picture taking, and then there's the file handling, going through the photos that I've taken and picking the best ones, and then naming them and putting them in a folder, and then sizing them for the website, uh, and then sizing them for Instagram, and mm -hmm. it's just a lot of yada yada. It definitely is. And so I I put it off, and but when I do it, I always feel like. That's great. That's the, all I need to be doing is is recording what we're doing and just showing everybody. And all of these landscape architects and all these people that we're trying to sell to are on Instagram. We they and I see people in real life and they go, "Hey, I saw that thing you posted." You know, it, uh -huh. it's not that we need it to get more work, but it's it's this proof of concept and it's this proof of our of what we're our craftsmanship that mm -hmm. just like just needs to be done. But anyway, I just wondered if you had ever heard that word. I've never heard it before. I get this feeling because I read a lot of porta potties that I know all the words, you know. Acrasia. You were spelling it right. I mean, you were pronouncing it right. Acrasia. Acrasia. Well, look, well, there's got to be a there, there's got to be a thing here like pronouncing no, I, it. Yeah, I saw there's a, there was on that uh, oh. on the website you were just but, on. But but you know, for the Oh. oh. Acrasia. Acrasia. Uh, I'm going to use it in a sentence. Okay. <laughs> I met this girl and I thought we were going to really get along, but she's a crazier. Yeah, she <laughs> I thought you were a crazier, but turns out it was me that was a crazier. Listen, we're going to read a poem. Okay. We're going to actually have like a really compact, a compact thing here. Short little. Go back to we love you. I wanted to give a special shout out to Adam Wentworth. These last two weeks, we've been recording on Saturday, and we've been very busy at the front page because of East Austin Studio Tours, and Adam has helped out, stepping up, holding things down at the bar, making sure that, uh, that everything went really well, and I love that guy. Matthew loves that guy, too. Thanks, Adam. All of our friends who know him love him. And, uh, yeah, look forward to the next time we get together to play video games, my buddy. Okay. This is Chris Tonelli, and I read one of his poems last time, and I loved it. So I'm going back to him for the poem this evening. Just a moment. Ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy.
How are you, brother? Good. You're on the podcast, so don't give away any of your secrets. I'm on a podcast? Yeah. Hello, people. <laughs> um, okay, so you're not driving Lyft tonight is what I deduce. I was driving this afternoon, yeah, uh, cool. but I got to go I got to go back to the bar after we're done after we're done here. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, uh, never mind. But I'll hit me up later if you need a ride. I might be out. Can you never you know. just introduce who this is? She's on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my lovely sister, Kathleen Denyer Hall. Oh, hi, Kathleen. Hi. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Hi. Right. Hi. Matthew yeah. Hi. How you doing? Yeah. Hi. Good. Have you always. I'm about to go see Burna Boy tonight at the Moody Center, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, oh sweet. Wow. Is that 90s emo? Uh, it's, it's I, I wasn't familiar with it. It's some kind of African, like, beats kind of. Oh. It's not 90s emo. <laughs> okay. No. Burna Boy, yeah. Oh, I, I was, I heard Burnout Boy. I'm thinking of Fallout Boy. Ah, uh, yeah. Different. Different boy. Kathleen, have you always wanted to be on One Magical Hour, Matthew and Schaefer Podcast Spectacular? I, I have. Well, and I just, <laughs> you just never uh, know when it's going to happen, right? My dreams have come true. Yeah, yeah, okay. going to have to find a new goal. <laughs> uh, we'll get you on for real if you really want to be on here. We would love to have you. Yeah. She would, oh, thank be you. a good interview. Uh, I'll talk, so I'll, I'll talk to you later. I'm not sure about that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Bye, Kathleen. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye-bye. That's funny. She... I'm sure she didn't appreciate that at all. I need. I still need the light. Here we're doing. Oh, right. We got a. We got a poem. This poem is called "Every Will Builds Itself a Satellite." It's hard for Gravitron to remember exactly when it all stopped being so instinctive, when he was his own planet, and gravity was for him only a new form of action. He could see his capacity in the writer's eyes. They waited in line to be erased. Lately, though, Gravitron feels like something other than a ride pretending to be a ride, jealous that the others seem to be completely unaware of their own motion. But what else could his elements be? Gravitron is sleepy, wonders who might be responsible. Listening to his wires settle, it becomes obvious how intricately all his parts must work to make one simple revolution. How easy it is to break down. I have to find a new way, he decides. But there's no such thing as a new. Continuing to turn right, Gravitron decides that to decide is to lie, that nothing is involuntary anymore. Such a strong will and nothing to do. Well, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> that book, yeah, that... Uh, I love this book. That whole collection... Uh, of those Gravitron poems. I mean... Really great. It makes me a techno-optimist when I hear about Gravitron and his exciting uh, life. It's a carnival carnival thrill ride narr narrator. Well, I'm... All right. We love you. Thank you for listening. Poor the choices. The sweeter the wine.